Hey, what's up? This is Chris from OAR, and you're listening to Mo Trains Tracks. Yo, what's going on, listeners worldwide? It's The Train. Welcome to the Mo Trains Tracks Bonnaroo Interview Series number three. This time, we've got an interview with Chris Coolis, one of the founding members and drummer of the band OAR. OAR is one of those rare success stories of a band that started back in college basements and ended up selling out one of the world's biggest venues, Madison Square Garden. Chris and I talk about the evolution of their band, some of their favorite moments, and Chris directly addresses one of the questions that the listeners have been wanting to hear ever since OAR made that jump to a major label. Will we be hearing the independent version of OAR new album, or will we hear a major label incarnation? Make sure you check out OAR's new album, All Sides, which is in stores right now, and go check them out on tour when they hit your area. Sit back and listen to number three of the Bonner interview series with Chris from OAR. We're backstage here with Chris from OER. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. We just got here. I'm really excited. Got some gorgeous weather out here. Uh, it's beautiful out, huh? Yeah. Is it the first day of, what, your new tour? Is it today the first we day? We just started our new tour today. So excited about it. Big yeah. summer, yeah. Supporting the new album that comes out it next month? It comes out July 15th, yes. Right. And actually, our single is called Shattered, and we're actually getting some radio play already, which is exciting. And it officially goes to radio tomorrow, and the fans can get it online. They can get it starting June 16th on iTunes and stuff like that. And exciting. How's this album compared to your others? It's a little bit of everything. I mean, I think by calling it All Sides, it really is just capturing the all-encompassing thing of OAR. It's got the rock, it's got the lighter stuff, it's got the reggae, it's got, you know, just a little bit of everything. I think the songwriting is really strong. I'm really proud of all the guys in the band who, you know, are songwriters. You can really see their growth, but also the musicianship side of stuff. We feel really comfortable in the studio. That was always the thing. I think our audience always gravitated to our live stuff, and they liked the studio stuff, but they didn't think it compared to that energy it was only natural that we played a couple hundred shows a year but we'd only made a handful of cds you know i mean it's still a lot of time in the studio but for us we're still learning but is that why you guys encourage the live taping of your shows absolutely but not just that reason alone we're proud of all our stuff we do in the studio but as far as our live shows i mean that's our bread and butter i mean that really is what we do best and we feel most comfortable i think by encouraging taping of the shows it it uh creates more of a community interaction you know people who want to come out and see us multiple times it keeps us on our toes to write new set lists and change the arrangements and jam out and have fun. It's also fun for the audience because it gives them something to talk about when it's not the same show every night, not the same version of the same song every night. So, you know, it's just, it's it's a lot of great things, you know. Talking about live shows, how did it feel standing on stage at Madison Square Garden at a sold out arena at one yeah. of the most important venues, the most influential venues in the whole world? Yeah, it was pretty much the highlight of our career. Yeah. I can't lie. It's just weird because when we started this band, God, we started 12 years ago in my basement. And you could never imagine, you can't even think of playing Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's like, I mean, all the things you could dream about, you know what I mean? I mean, that's just a bit ridiculous to think that. So to be standing on stage, it was so surreal. And to be honest, it's the only time I've ever been nervous. Really? Playing, yeah, we're we're really comfortable with what we do. I think every night uh, we go on stage and get really excited before we go on and walk on and we just... I mean, that's just what we do best, you know, like we're comfortable. Going on Madison Square Garden, man, it took on it. It was a whole other thing. It was a whole other ball game, man. I like, saw I it. You could, see the, you could see the vibe, and the yeah. whole place was just awesome. But as soon as we started, yeah, we're, we felt comfortable again. But it was the only time I've been nervous. So yeah. what was the most memorable part of that performance? Anything stand out in your mind? You know, it flew by. Most of the shows, some you know, some nights take a little longer than others. But that night flew by. But I remember it being a little bit more lit up inside just because we were filming it for a DVD. You could see people. You know, we can always usually see the front row 
a couple of rows back, but now you could look out and actually get a gauge of just how many people were there. And it was freaky. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was cool because you'd look out and like we had a lot of our family. Like I'd look out and see my parents, and my grandparents, and aunts and uncles, and cousins and friends, and all these people who travel from all over the country to watch us in New York. That was the coolest part. Yeah, it had to be amazing for sure. Yeah. So with a new album, I know you're with a major label now. You were an independent label before, and now you're you're a major label now. Yes. Are we going to be seeing? Independent OAR? Or are we going to see a new incarnation? We're always independent OAR, man. Right. No, see, here's our deal. We started in, as a basement band, you know, when we were in high school. We went to college to really try to make it. We went to the biggest school in the country at the time, it was Ohio State University, and we were there for four years. Not everybody graduated, but a couple of us did. You and did, we, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Nice little, you know. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> then we started the band, and we've been touring full-time for eight years. So we've been a band for 12 years, and everything's been like a real slow growth, but it's been growing upwards steadily since the beginning. And it's given us time to learn and make the best decisions and really pay attention to what's going on, you know, on around us. And I think we really use that to our advantage because if something happened overnight, I don't know if we'd know exactly how to deal with it correctly. And not to say that most people do or don't, but like, who knows? But for us, we're really happy that we got to surround ourselves with great people. And, you know, our manager, Dave Roberge, who's uh, our singer, Mark's older brother, he started an indie label for us when we were in college. And it was really just something on paper so that we could get a distribution deal so we could get our CDs and stores like Best Buy and stuff. It wasn't even a real label. I mean, it was on paper. But he grew it into an actual fully functioning label with the whole staff, moved to New York City, opened up office space. Pretty amazing. And from what this label, Everfine Records, was able to do, it raised us off enough profile to actually get major label attention. And we had sold enough CDs on our own that when we went in to talk to a major label, we did have a little bit of leverage. Not to say that you know, it was uh, all in our favor. But to be honest, it was a business decision to go with a major label. And we just want to get our music out to more people. And so when we signed with, it was Lava Records, which was under Atlantic Records, which has since folded. Now we're moved over to Atlantic, but it's all the same same thing. We did sort of a joint deal with Everfine Records and Atlantic so that Everfine would always be a part of us. I mean, it's synonymous with us. I mean, it was created by our manager for us, by us, everything about it. The mentality will always stay there. And they'll continue to oversee most of our live releases while the major label will see our uh, put out our studio releases. Sorry for the long answer, but no, no, it's cool. It's cool because the thing is, I know that the fans are always concerned about when a band makes that leap. Yeah, you know, they're not sure if they're gonna be getting the the same band they grew up and loved or yeah. something that's. Of course. Manufactured. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it with stuff. our favorite bands, too. Uh, I think, if anything, it's a stepping stone for us to be able to continue what we've always done in the past. You know, if we have to put out something that goes more geared to uh, pop radio, somewhere where we can, you know, you see us on, you know, music, I'm sorry, film or... or uh, television soundtracks or something like that it's not to say we're playing the game and selling out it's just to say that we want to be able to do that kind of stuff to give us the opportunity to continue to do the rest of the oar real stuff that we love do you consider yourself frat rock uh you know the term kind of bothers me i don't know exactly what it is it gives you it's it, it's not that it's frat a stigma it bothers me it's just used with a negative connotation it's not like anyone says god these are my favorite frat rock <laughs> it's always somebody maybe writing an article about us yeah. who pawn it off as frat rock as if that's a bad thing. I'm really proud of the fact that we are able to attract fans from all kinds, you know, just diverse things, whether it's a frat, whether it's a sorority, whether it's, you know, just a regular college kid, a high school kid, an older adult, any walk of life, I think it sort of reaches out. I guess it is a bit of a stigma. I don't know. I mean, first it was like jam band and that's really cool because some of our favorite bands are jam bands, but we don't consider ourselves a jam band at all. Like, 
we just don't do that. So to get labeled a jam band is just, I think, a little bit misleading. So a frat rock thing, I don't know. It's just using a negative connotation. Yeah, I can see I don't, that. I don't have a problem with it if somebody was using it in a praising way. Right. Whatever. Does it bother you that your band's music makes the beds rock in Collegiate America all across the know. U.S.? <laughs> see, that's the point. Come on. <laughs> We've got a lot of comments about that. You're interviewing those guys. We've had sex with that music all the time. Sweet. I like <laughs> oh, congrats on being one of the top 100 most influential indie bands. Oh, thank I you. Saw about that performing songwriter. Yeah, what an honor. We're really excited. There's a lot of big names on that list. Honestly, I can't put it into words. I was a little bit speechless. We've never really won any honors. We've never really won any awards. I think in the past, people who know about OAR know about OAR, and everyone else outside the sort of world has sort of ignored us, and it's given us—I don't want to say a chip on the shoulder, but it's made us feel like we're a little bit of the underdog, wanting to always prove ourselves. It doesn't bother us, but it makes us want to work that much harder so to get some recognition like this it's really satis- you cool. know, satisfying it's really another cool. congratulations order you just got married thank you i'm actually yep. about to get married oh i'm sorry yes, you're about to get three married three weeks oh yeah so how are you feeling what's the thoughts man we're i'm excited i'm most excited to be sitting on the beach on the honeymoon where I are you think. going we're going to hawaii oh man. neither of us have ever been oh really yeah nice. have you been not yet, but this year, I think we're going to a wedding, so. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Apparently, it's just I amazing. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah. You can still be the same guy or what? I'm going to be the same <laughs> guy. Yeah. What's your most revolutionary moment of OAR? You know, again, I would have to say Madison Square Garden. It was pretty amazing. When we were in college, we played at a place called the Newport Music Hall. It was when we got to college and we said, God, one day we're really going to tour. We're really going to be, you know, to do this for a career. And the biggest venue on campus was called the Newport Music Hall. And we said, one day we're going to play there. And we ended up playing there many times throughout college. And you sold it out almost every time. And it was just really satisfying the first time we saw our name on the marquee. You guys always seem to show up with Dave Matthews. Yeah. Like, I guess you're, you know, you're ending the tour been, with Dave uh, Matthews. You've played with him. They've treated us really well throughout the years. And honestly, we haven't had a chance to work with that many large bands. We feel like we've always sort of gone out and torn on our own. They've been great to us, offered us a lot of opportunities. Pick up any good pointers from Dave? Yeah, that's the best part of it. When I was a kid, they were probably my favorite band. I would go watch them in concert all the time. So to be able to be backstage and watch the show is amazing. But really the coolest thing is when we're backstage, really seeing how they operate as a business. You know, most people don't think of those things. But to see how they operate, you know, with the personnel that they hire, their road crew, the way that they, you know, handle the trucking and setting up of the equipment and what kind of gear they use and all that stuff. I mean, that's really, for us, the best part. I mean, we can sit there and learn from the best, you know? I mean, that's the business model we would strive to be if there was one. Absolutely. It's an empire they've created. Yeah, absolutely. So tomorrow, I guess you guys have your first live interactive online show or concert. Yeah. What's, what's going on with that? So it's called Deep Rock Drive, and we're actually filming it at a studio in Vegas. So there will be a somewhat of a studio audience there. But it's a really cool thing we've never done before where we post a bunch of songs, and people can vote on what songs and the set list they want, you know, want the order to be in. They can also write in and type real-time questions to us. So it's a completely interactive show totally new i'm really excited i mean i know they've done a couple shows but with other artists but it's totally new for us it's something that's relatively new technology that they can do all this stuff i'm just really looking forward to it cool yeah so at the end of your career what do you hope to have accomplished Oh man, I don't. You know, I don't think. Not even that saying way. that's your I, close it's a good to a question. Point. Yeah, honestly, we just kind of feel like we're just starting. If that's an, another answer, I don't even know. Like, we just want to be the biggest band we can be, and if that means, you know, what I don't know. So but what's like, that mean? I wouldn't say like you know awards or anything right. like that. Or I think when I was a kid, I would have loved to have been on like 
Saturday Night Live. I would love to like be nominated for a Grammy. I don't even want to win a Grammy. Just maybe <laughs> one time, just be nominated for a Grammy. What about um, cover of Rolling Stone? That's a classic. You got to go with as a band. I think having. Um, so you have your checklist. Checklist, yeah. You know, seeing that platinum record up on the wall, which we feel very fortunate. We've gotten a couple gold records. You know what I mean? If you're asking, you know, maybe that kind of stuff. But honestly, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, we just we just want to fucking play. We got it, man. Thanks, Todd, for being with us. No Appreciate problem, it. Man.